Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Paz IM Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining, Jeremy Dunn, and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host this evening, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how you doing, man? I'm just peachy. Good, I was good. watching the Oscars, and I realized, oh, sh- crap. I almost said the brown word. <laughs> um, I was watching the Oscars, and then you made me come on, the, come on air. Mm. Yeah, I'm pausing them, too. I'm recording them so I can watch them afterwards. Isn't that nice? Isn't that... Oh, okay. So let me ask about you. Shingles. Robert. Yes, can you believe it? What the hell's wrong with you? Right? I don't know, dude. Like, I, I Monday, I, I had these, like, three red bumps that showed up, like, under my left armpit. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know, no big deal. You know, and I was getting kind of pains. And I was like, well, maybe it's just, you know a reaction to the medicine, and it's taking a while. So I called my doctor, and they're like, you know, we can, I think I called them on Wednesday when it was starting to get a little worse, and they're like, yeah, we can uh-huh. have you come in on Friday. So I was like, oh, great. And then I went down and visited my aunt and my uncle on Thursday, and I, she's a nurse. And I was like, look, you know, um, Robin, take a look at this. Tell me what it is. And she's like, ooh, get away from me. <laughs> she's like, you got shingles. Step away. You need to be isolated. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so it went uh, from three little specks, red dots, to like this flesh-eating virus on my chest. <laughs> like it's so bad. Is it, does it go all the way around, or does it just go halfway? Um, it wraps around now, from like uh, my belly button all the way around to the middle of my back. Yeah, yeah. That's the shingles, buddy. Mm-hmm. The interesting it thing hurts, about it is, it? yeah, oh, so bad, Jeremy, so bad, like like oh, electric God. shock therapy. Yeah. Like, yeah. at first I thought it was more like a sunburn or a bruise. You know, it kind of felt like it was stinging. Uh-huh. And now and it's, it like, aches. shocks. Yeah, it just aches. And then when you, like, put any clothes on top of it, oh. Yeah. It hurts so bad. Do they tell you what it is? Um, It's just the chicken pox. What shingles is. Well, sort of. Well, right. Well, it's... The chicken okay. pox virus, when I had it when I was a little, you know, I obviously yeah. got rid of it, and it stays dormant in your system. Yep. And so then it resurfaced. Yeah, it's triggered by trauma, stress, um, something like that. Usually people in old age, Robert, <laughs> old age. Um, <laughs> but it, because it's, it's a herpes simplex virus, it's the varicella virus, herpes varicella, uh-huh. And it lives in the ganglion of the nerve. Right. So that's why it hurts so bad is because it's, you know, exposed nerve cells. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, God. Well, I will tell you, I take Valtrex. Yep, that's every what I have. Night. Yep, I take it every day so I don't get the, so I don't get the shingles again. I've had them before. Oh, Okay. Awful. That's if somebody suggested that I start taking it all the time so they don't come yep. back out. And and you won't get um, little uh, cold sores. I don't really get cold sores. Oh, please. You've got herpes now, buddy. <laughs> it was one more thing added to the book, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, at least oh, you don't Lord. have them on your PP, right? You know? Right. It, Thank God. But Mark... When when Mark and I first I, so I have to tell you the story and and I'm sorry to like take away from your pain but I'm going to no go um, so when Mark and I first got together almost three years ago I know can you believe it anyway um, the this the winter that we were together that New Year's Eve we spent 
the night in the hospital. We spent two nights in the hospital. Because Mark had what they called disseminated shingles, which means that he just didn't have them in one little band. Mm -hmm. He had them from head to toe. Oh, wow. He was on morphine. He was on intravenous antiviral stuff. It was awful. It was awful. And he's got a couple scars under his arm from, from the shingles, but they can get bad. Yeah. They can get, be very, very bad. So if anybody listening is has a couple of red spots and they itch and they hurt, go see the doctor, please. Okay. Well, the interesting anyway. thing that um, when I went to my doctor and I showed it to her, you know, and she gave me all the medicine and stuff, um, she turned around and she said that um, it was something that she saw a lot of in um, her patients that were taking uh, the Icentris. Uh-huh. Which was kind of interesting. And I was like, oh, well, is that like, you know, like that kind of side effect that I saw listed anywhere? You know, um, that he said it's I, I, I think that's uh, that's a big jump. Yeah, that's just a big jump to, to that. Right. Oh, no, not necessarily a, a side effect, but, it, you know what I mean, just yeah. that it was common in people who were taking that. You know, it could be so many. I, I, I think it, I, I personally, it's, it's, it's common in in anybody who who is HIV positive, right? So, but, I mean, um, and I I I don't think Icentris has anything to do with it. Good, but she yeah. just said that she saw like um I guess a repetitive you know a lot of people that were taking it were experiencing that, and it could be stress from just you know um, starting medication and all the stress that comes along with you know doing that or just you know a lot of people kept saying it's stress and I go I didn't realize I was that stressed. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's stress. It's a lot of it is stress, and yeah. a lot of it is um, uh, you know people whose immune systems are are shot, mm-hmm. and and it, it it shows up a lot in in older folks. So, yeah, a lot I mean, of people who yeah yeah you know who who are old. Not well, like my grandfather had it, but I just yeah. wanted to thank you, everybody for their support. Yeah. Because um, people on Facebook have been real supportive about it, telling me that they've had it, they've been through it. And, you know, some people tell me it goes away as fast as it came, and then other people are like, it can last 30 days, and then you could have nerve damage and neuropathy afterwards. And oh. It's just a, mine, a big mine hot mess. lasted for two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. And, and I, I had to stay home because I worked in a big office. And right. there were people there who were over the age of 40, and who had never had the chicken pox. And if you're over the age of 40 and if you never had the chicken pox, it can be deadly. Right. Chicken pox can kill people over the age of 40. So I had to stay home because I was contagious to those who had never had the chicken pox. Did they tell you that? Yes, they told me, you know, to be very kind of isolated. So I kind of like, you know, yeah. they said it's very contagious, touch contagious. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily it's, airborne. No, no, it's not. It, it, it's the chickenpox virus. It's Right. It's herpes. Herpes is by touch. Herpes can't be thrown around in the air, so Right. You know, it's it's, her, it, it's called herpes varicella and it's um it's not a it's not a herpes it's not a herpes simplex virus. It's a herpes varicella virus, which are very different. So right. when you have herpes simplex, you get the cold sores or you get the um, the sores around your woo-woo. Right. So there's herpes your simplex woo-woo. 1 and herpes simplex 2. Yes, yeah, yeah, your woo-woo. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Those herpes. <laughs> so that's interesting. The only um, yeah. other thing I wanted to talk about before we bring our guest on, because we're sitting on hold and I feel bad, uh, that we're yapping, um, is that I just recently um, was nominated and chosen to be a board me- member on the ADAP Advocacy Association. So, wow. It's interesting, yeah. Um, you know, Brandon um, Maxada, who he's been on the show, and he, I believe, runs that whole ADAP um, Advocacy Association, um, you know, nominated me to be a board member, and then they chose me. So I'm kind of interested in that since I just recently got on ADAP and um, I'm just amazed um, at all the opportunities that are coming, you know, so thanks to Brandon. 
Oh, that's that, that's awesome. So that means you're going to have to get like you know schooled in like political stuff. Oh, here I come. Watch out, Obama. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, see, let's, see, let's talk a little bit about our guests. Um, before yeah, I do glad. that, just invite people, if you are listening somewhere and you're not on our show page, you can join us live with all the other listeners who are in the chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com. Um, and um, our guest tonight is Michael Lee Howard, and he is actually a blogger on the POSIM network. And Michael was diagnosed um, HIV positive in November of 2005. After his diagnosis, he was determined to educate, grow, and learn. From the experience, Michael has shared his story through his love of writing, music, photography, and volunteering. Having a strong conviction to raise awareness and education, particularly in the newly diagnosed arena, Michael wants to reach out to those needing guidance and support. So please help me in welcoming Michael Lee Howard to Pause Radio. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you know, doing? So Michael, I'm, I'm doing good. good. <laughs> Michael, Michael, how's your woo-woo? Um, my woo-woo is doing great, thanks. Um, I, don't have, you know, I don't have anything breaking out. So. <laughs> oh, that's you. good. That's good. Yay. I'm so yeah, glad. I'm, yes, um, me too. Um, when woo-woo is hurt, <laughs> it's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, no, no, woo-woo. When the woo-woo hurts, Jeremy is a very, very irritable boy. But well, I haven't I'm had saying, a woo-woo injury in a while, so. Yeah, I I don't remember the last time I had one, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last time I had one, I had the health department come visit me. Oh, well. Yeah, that's a whole bad. other discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're not actually here to talk about my woo-woo. We're actually here to talk about you, Michael, and your Hey, woo-woo. what's up? My woo-woo, hey, what's yes. Up? Going on. That's what got that's what got me here. The whole my woo woo got me here. So hey, <laughs> uh, kind of wrapped it all together, you know. Yay! Oh, you know, I, I just want everybody who's listening tonight just to enjoy and and caress their woo woo at least once. <laughs> well, the good part about uh, the okay, term woo woo so, is that it can apply to boys or girls. So right, absolutely, absolutely, woo woo goes anywhere. It's it's universal. universal. <laughs> Absolutely. It, well, so what's Michael, funny is, is, is I, I had a haircut on Saturday, and it was really cute the way the dude did my hair. And I said, I can't believe I'm about to share this, but I, but I said I'm gonna go spend an hour with myself <laughs> <laughs> because it, it was cute. I looked like five years younger. It was awesome. Oh my lord. <laughs> okay. So Michael. Anyway, yeah, um, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to thank you for blogging. Um, you know, on Pause I Am itself, you do a, a, a great job, and you really, um, you know, you share all the important experiences that people are going through, like your diagnosis and then, you know, starting meds. And I think that's important um, for people to read, especially since you want to reach the newly diagnosed people. Um, so, first, kudos for that. I really appreciate your blog. Well, thank you very much. Um, tell us a little bit where you're from you know, where you were raised, well, and, and kind of lead us up to your diagnosis. Yeah, so, um, well, I was originally raised, um, strangely enough, like another person who was on the radio a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, I was raised in Spokane, Washington. Um, that was my, my home for homes, and um, I moved to Seattle about nine years ago, eight or nine years ago, and um, kind of moved here all fresh-eyed and, you know, had no clue what the world was about, and um, I had come out um, just a short time before I had moved, just a couple of years, and um, I moved, um, then had, you know, lots of experiences, ended up meeting somebody who I dated for a long couple of weeks, you know, one of those great, great long-term relationships. Um, in, the, in, in the process of meeting him, um, I had asked him that all-important question, um, so are you clean? And uh, he said, yeah, yeah. Well, six weeks later, I became literally deathly ill. Um, and it was a, a very unique experience because I had never had anything like that happen to me before. I'd always been pretty healthy. Um, and this knocked me on my butt. And uh, I, was in, I was pretty much bedridden for two weeks. Um, 
got a little better, went to the doctors, they did, they checked me for everything, um, nothing came up weird, um, and I thought, well, it, obviously they know I'm gay, so they're going to test me for HIV, so thank goodness I'm out of the clear on that. Right. Um, got sick again, <laughs> and then they thought it was a whole bunch of other things. Um, and then, so it ended up being, um, this, I was, um, the first one I was with was in September, um, at the end, on November 30th was when I went to go have my normal HIV test, and I went to a place in Seattle called Gay City, and they did my, my rapid test, and it was the shock of a lifetime when he turned around and said, oh, you're positive, and me being the typical comedian that I am, um, said, oh, you mean positive that I'm negative, right? Um, and that was not the case. So... Um, Come to find out, they had never, none of the doctors previously attested me for HIV because apparently, I don't know if it's this way in other states, but in Washington, it's illegal for them to ask you to have an HIV test unless you approach them or it's your regular doctor, and I didn't know this. So, like I said, I, I thought it was just an obvious thing. Um, so, I ended up um, having, like I said, I was the first one in my group of friends to become positive. Um, no, I had not a really good support system at the time. Um, almost every friend that I had that I was close to were, that were long-term were all straight women in most cases. Um, and they didn't know how to deal with it all. And so I kind of had to start reaching out after, um, and it's funny because that's part of what my blog right now, I've been doing a part series. Yeah, I um, think my friend jokes about it because he says, I don't, this is not an after-school special. I don't want to be continued, but um, there's just a lot to the story because I got really sick with um, apparently a, a really unique condition that people haven't had for years called um, age-related um, age complex, um, which gave me a small version of the shingles, so <laughs> I know a little bit about that, um, and then basically extreme lymphitis, um, and I was in, in fevers almost every night of like 104, 105. Um, this went on for a few months. Um, I ended up turning to one of my closest friends, Don, and my mom for my most of my support at the time. Um, and now, did you tell your, your, like, your parents and your friends right away when you were diagnosed? Uh, you know, what I did is I spent a month crying and mourning and um, blogging because I've been blogging actually for about eight years. Um, it's kind of been my little hideaway from the world at the time. Um, and I started blogging, and I didn't know what to say. So I just started saying, you know, I said, screw this, and I'm just going to call everybody up <laughs> and ask for help because I don't know what to do. And I just started calling people, and some of the reactions... <laughs> that has to be German oh. train. <laughs> I was like, there's a trade. Um, <laughs> so the, a lot of the reaction I got was, oh, I feel real sorry. I, I, I don't know what to do. What, what should I do? And it was a unique situation of, me supporting a lot of people, which was something up to that point in my life, I'd always been the support guy. Um, I called my mom, and I said, Mom, I have something to tell you. And um, I was definitely afraid of rejection because um, I'm in a roundabout way I'm adopted, and so I was afraid my mom would disown me. And, you know, I'm already the pink sheep of the family. <laughs> so she, I thought she's going to roll her eyes and go, oh, my gosh, what did he get himself into now? And um, instead, she, it took a couple of months, but she ended up actually my mom has been probably one of my biggest supporters throughout all of it. Um, she actually will sometimes even call me up and be a little talking. She's like, so how are your numbers? I'm like, um, like um, and it still throws me off, you know. Um, and I started going um, – sort of just kind of stepping forward and saying, well, I've always been a pretty open person, but now it's time for me to step forward and try to find my own support because there wasn't a lot for me. Um, I started going to Dunshee House in Seattle, um, and they're a great, great support group, um, and going to a newly diagnosed group, and I started learning about a whole entire community that I knew so little about. Of course, in the process of dating people, trying to meet new people, and I started learning that people just have a lot of, and this, this is kind of kind of probably sound bad, but a lot of people that I was meeting in Seattle were very not educated. 
and it kind of caught me off guard. Um, I remember one person saying, oh, I guess if we go on a date, I couldn't even kiss you. And I thought, well, why couldn't you kiss me? Well, because I don't want to get it. And so um, throughout that process, I just started learning and growing. And it took me a while, but then I ended up getting into a situation where the tables kind of got slipped on me. And I ended up um, becoming a, um, a facilitator for um, Dunchy House, a genetically diagnosed group. And I did that for a couple of years and realized that I love educating and being there for people who are newly diagnosed because it's such a shocker um, mm. and it's such a hard thing to go through already. And so um, I started volunteering. Um, I've done speaking groups um, where I've gone to high schools and talked to kids. Um, um, I've done a couple where it's like nursing program students that are seniors in high school and open it up for them to ask questions. And I'm kind of, I'm really a comedian. It gets me in trouble so much with my HIV because um, <laughs> I joke about everything. And um, I'm very thankful because um, my boyfriend's the same way. And so we both make really horrible jokes at our own expense. And I think it helps with educating, though, because talking to a lot of the people, at the, the younger kids at the high schools and things like that was just wonderful because um, I, they couldn't make jokes. You know, they were like, so do you watch HIV-related movies? No, I don't. Just I just don't want to see people die. And then I told a story about how I'd seen one, and the guy died at the end, and I was just so angry, and I wanted to write a letter, you know. And this was early on, and now I'm like, oh, I don't care. I figure, you know... It's good to learn about it, but, you know, and telling stories about going on dates with people, and I'm realizing there's a whole world out there of people who, they don't really know anything, and they're so, uh, it's not, I wouldn't even say ignorant, but they're just not educated because they grew up in areas that they're not, and um, I just recently moved to Portland, but when I was in Seattle, um, I had a lot of coworkers that, they didn't know a lot about HIV, and um I remember getting ready to do an AIDS walk, um, and they said, well, I don't know anybody. Some of them were like, I don't know anybody HIV positive. I'm like, well, I am. Well, no, you look normal. And <laughs> having that opportunity to, like, educate them more and make jokes. Like I said, my, one of my favorites is, of course, the, the good old standard, which is, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm positive, HIV positive. <laughs> people at work oh, would be. Michael. I know. And I do it all the time, and people at my work will go, that's horrible, that's horrible. And I'm like, I don't think it is. I, that's how I get humor out of life. So Right. Anyway, there was my oh, rambling Michael. story about me all in a sentence of a paragraph. So <laughs> <laughs> That was two paragraphs. It might I have been a four or five down. one there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so, you ha so you're obviously open and out at mm -hmm. work. Yes. Well, at my previous work, my new work, I'm, I, since I just moved, I've only been there three weeks. So I don't, I haven't really talked a lot about my personal life at all yet. yet. But um, mm -hmm. in my old work, I was very out. I was very, very out about it. About, about being HIV positive. Yes. Were you also out about sucking cock or? They all knew that I was a big old homo yeah. too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, Robert. Did I just say a bad word? Jeremy is here? so bad tonight. He must be drinking. <laughs> I was drinking. Are you kidding? I forgot that I was hosting tonight, so I just got plastered. It's um, okay. I actually, today, I was looking at, um, at my boyfriend, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be on the pause radio on Oscar night. And he goes, yep, there goes all the gays. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It oh, my is. Lord. Anywho, back back to, like, you know, like, relevant questions and all of that. Yeah. So you're in Portland now. How long have you been in Portland? Um, well, I've been visiting here for a little over, for about a year, um, but I just moved here literally last month, so. Okay. So where are you in Portland, by the way? Um, I actually live, um, actually, I technically live in Happy Valley, not the greatest name for a gay person to live, um, <laughs> but I live in Happy Valley, which is near Clackamas area. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I'm just like 15 minutes away from Clackamas Mall. So. Oh, that's lovely. I used to. Okay, so I, I lived in in Seattle for five years. Okay. 
And I was in Everett, Puyallup, then Linwood. Oh, okay, yeah, I lived, um, yeah, I actually lived in um, Bothell, outside <gasps> of Seattle. I love Bothell. It's very okay. mellow anyway, area. Yeah, it's it's very cute, and I love Ballard Creek, and oh, I just love all that stuff. <laughs> anyway, we, I could go on and on and on and on. So you found out five years ago. Yeah, maybe four and a half, yeah. Four and a half, well, okay. So, yeah, it was November when you and so um, you and I have been diagnosed roughly around the same, you know, about the same time frame. Yeah. I was diagnosed in in January of 2005. So um, what's changed the most? Well, Well, for me personally, the thing that changed the most personally was that I finally accepted about a year ago. Um, I couldn't accept what having HIV positive meant. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It was. It's. I think it's a very long process. Um, and just to indoctrinate myself, I went and got a tattoo, and I said, "Okay, I finally. I'm happy. I know who I am." Um, so that was. What you get a tattoo of? of? Um, I have on one arm is the biohazard symbol. Okay. Um, and I put it on my wrist, and the biohazard symbol is kind of an international symbol for being HIV positive. And um, the other wrist, I put a bio or um, the radiation symbol because I'm big into superheroes, and okay. I felt like I'm accepting my positive life. I ended up changing into being like a superhero and kind of inventing my new life for myself. Um, and it was also after two years of very intense therapy. Um, I have to be honest and say I think therapy was great for me. <laughs> but um, it, it was a very intense two years of therapy to try to work through all the stuff that was stuck in my head. But the thing that I've noticed changed the most as far as, besides my own acceptance, I've noticed that the people in my life are learning to accept and grow from the experience and treat it, treat not treat me like with, kid gloves anymore, and um, I think a lot of it's because I don't really back down and let people know, I don't, I, I, how do I explain it, I don't really step down, I'm really bold and I do things as if I don't have anything wrong with me. And, right, well, uh, I think, I think when, Michael, when people see that we're okay with it, they can be okay with it, you know what I mean, so that process of yeah. accepting the status is sometimes very long, you know, it took me five years to get you know, finally being able to talk about it and not, you know, even, like, talk about it with my partner or talk about it with my mother. So I know that, like, once we accept it, you know, people are like, oh, okay, well, he's doing okay with about it and he's talking about it. Because a lot of people don't want to talk about it with us because we don't bring it up. They feel like it's our responsibility. If we want to talk about it, we'll bring it up. It's kind of like when somebody, yeah. like, you know, like when, like when my father passed away. People don't want to really bring it up unless you bring it up. Right, and and I, for me, I think it, it was my, my my big I think my big moment for myself was, and um, I'm not going to say any names because I don't know how comfortable she will be. But I had my aunt that called me, and she said, and this was this past summer, and I got a call, and um, my aunt called me and said, you know, Michael, there's somebody very close to us that found out that they're positive and they can't talk to anybody, and they, they're straight and don't know what to say, and I don't know what to do about it. And would you talk to them? And so it was somebody within my family, I'll say that much, because um, I don't think my family's going to be really listening except for my mom. But um, it was kind of a, a surprising thing because I ended up going to my family, a big giant family reunion in October, and it was insane because like some of my cousins, we haven't seen each other for 20 or 25 years, and my aunts and my uncles were all there. And because of the way that I've approached my life the last few years of being so open and honest, and I really do talk very openly about being positive in my blogs, in my, in my profiles and all that stuff, um, I ended up having an opportunity with a family member that was just very moving to be able to have that experience of that person not being as scared because they thought that they were alone. And come to find out my whole family did that too. You know, like 
they reading all my stuff. I mean, when I when I came out, it was bad enough because it was my grandpa's funeral, and I told one aunt, and she told my entire family, and said, "Oh, Michael's gay! Woo!" And this time, I kind of <laughs> didn't know it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's literally what it was like. We were at a dinner, and that's what happened. And I thought, I hope that doesn't happen here. And pretty much, we ended up all of the cousins and aunts were in a room drinking. Shock, shock. And. Um, <laughs> Somebody said, so, Michael, I hear you're HIV positive. And the whole room just for a moment went, shh. And I went, <laughs> what do I say? I went, yeah, right. I am. It's been about four years. Yeah, and I'm doing good. My health is great. The numbers are great. And they're like, sweet. And then we kind of moved on. And it was like, no one really, like, treated me different. And I liked it because it was, like, for the first time of being able to just say, look, I'm just as normal as the rest of you. And. I deal with the right. same issues, and I gain weight and lose weight, and, you know, I'm still losing my hair. I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michael, one of the things I, I wanted to take, take us back a little bit back into your, your story was when you were diagnosed and you said you were the first person out of your group of friends yeah. um, that became HIV positive. Now, I know in my own story there was my one friend out of our group who became HIV positive, there was four of us, and now three out of the four of us are HIV positive. Um, yes. did, 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 like, your friends learn from the experience of you becoming positive, or was it um, kind of well, like they didn't? Well, what happened was, um, I think it was interesting. When I first was diagnosed, I had a lot of people, and it was part of where I learned to be kind of a little more independent than I had been previously, um, I had a lot of people tell me, you know what, it's just HIV, you're not going to die, get over it. And this was my gay friends, my straight friends, and it was really an interesting experience when um, somebody who I was really close to at the time, a really good friend of mine, had said that. And it hurt my feelings because I felt like I'm trying to deal with this, but I don't know how to. Um, about three, four months later, he called me up, and he's like, I'm at the doctor. And it's the kind of doctor you would go to. And I just found out. And yes. And I, I remember, because that's the first real person I knew, and I remember I lost it. I just, because I didn't want anybody to have to go through what I had gone through. And he called me up about a month later and said, I have to apologize. It is something that you are right. It is something you have to deal with. So that was the first lesson. That was like I had friends that did find out a, like within a few months. But the bigger thing was I did have people who were more aware because of me. And I have a, a lot of people who would say, who have come to me and said, you know, Michael, um, can I talk to you? Because I met this guy and I don't know. He says we should be, he's clean. And I'm like, what should you do? You know, and I feel really lucky because I feel like they, that I blessed that these people came to me. And um, I know, for instance, my best friend, he's dating somebody and they're not actually, they've been together for a few months, and they haven't even had sex yet until they get tested um, because they don't want to take a chance, and they want to do it together. And I, I admire that because part of it, I think, is my experience. They don't want to, have to say, oh, yeah, we're clean, and not have it be known together. So right. my experience has been that it's actually turned into something very, very positive. I've been very fortunate that people actually do want to talk to me about it and do want to, you know, I've had multiple people come to me and say, I'm so freaked out. I think I might be positive. I think I messed up. What do I do? Are these the symptoms? And I'm, I'm fortunate to say that in the majority of those cases, they've been false alarms and it turned out to be they were negative, but they did learn their lessons. And a lot of it, I think, did help with having me to be there for support. So... Or else I'm just giving myself too many high fives. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's 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 no reason for there's no shame in giving yourself some high fives. You know, every somebody needs to do it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's and it's my lesson that I've definitely learned, and. Um, you know, the group that I that I facilitated, it was a newly diagnosed group, and the thing that was unique about it is that there was multiple groups in the in Dunchy House, but a lot of them were for people who are in recovery. And there definitely is, especially in Seattle, I know, 
a very high rate of people who are getting HIV from meth use. And so mm -hmm. for a lot of them, they're recovering from meth, and that's, that takes kind of a more precedence aside from coming to an HIV support group. But the group that I dealt with was actually majority of those people weren't in recovery, and most of them had been cheated on or had somebody lie to them or something that happened similar to my case where I was just stupid and didn't put a condom on. And I've had other people who have done the same thing or they've been with somebody and the partner gave them HIV and then said they never had it. And so for me, that, that group of people kind of tugs at my heartstrings because that's hard because you don't prepare yourself for that at all. And there's not a way to prepare for it in any way. But, you know, it's harder because you're just thinking, I trust this person. And the person that I was with, I thought I could trust. And come to find out from people I've talked to since then, he had actually been positive for a couple of years. And it was, it was not pretty um, at the time. I mean, I was a very angry person. Now I found peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so do you do you uh, write music, Michael, or or do you, I mean I, obviously I see you play the guitar. Do you sing? Well, um, I mostly sing and I mostly write um, I mostly write lyrics. Um, I've kind of taken a hiatus from it um, for a while with um, another friend of mine. We were doing covers. Um, we recorded probably about eight or nine different covers of our favorite like '80s rock alternative groups like The Cure and Depeche Mode and things like that. Um, Nirvana. I'm now that I moved to Portland, um, I'm actually in the process of searching for a band. Um, aside from that, I, I'm, I'm really huge into photography. Um, in case you haven't ever seen my Facebook, I love to take pictures. <laughs> um, actually, for my birthday, my boyfriend just got me a new camera, so I've been playing with that all day. Um, wow. When uh, was your birthday? Well, it's actually, he got it for me very early, but um, it's actually next we are on the 19th, whatever day that is. Um, <laughs> oh, so, you're, only, you're only 17. No, no, wait, hold on. Hold on well, we're a week apart. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. Geez. Yeah, yeah um, I, 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 I own my Pisces nature, um, but, um, <laughs> but um, I do photography. And then, of course, I write. Um, the one thing that being positive, right, when I had my diagnosis that changed is I decided there's certain things that I wanted to do. And right now I'm, I'm working on um, my life story. But um, it's taking a while to take place, but um, it's going to be kind of a different approach. I'm going to be writing letters to different people throughout my life. And I'm going to put it together in a book, hopefully, um, as a life story. Um, cool. I'm very inspired by my mom because she's a writer. Um, and so I do the writing thing a lot, do the photography. Um, and uh, I'm like, getting back into music. So I'm that creative artsy type. So. Wow. So you're going to have a picture with words and picture. I mean, a book with pictures and words that came out all wrong. No, yeah, no, exactly what you just said, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I plan on actually going. There we go. Yeah, and I, it's, it's actually going to be a very creative concept because I think the, the idea I'm working on for writing some music right now is going to actually kind of play into that whole thing. So right now I'm kind of focusing all my energy in kind of a very creative, huge venture. But um, I'm there. I'm there. I'm, I'm at the most healthiest place I've ever been at in my life. So That's awesome. It's cool. I just want to um, remind people real quick that they can um, give us a call here at the show if you'd like to call in or ask a question or have, you have a comment for Michael. You can reach us at 347-215-9442. I do have somebody who's on the line, um, but I'm not sure if they want to speak with us or if they're just listening, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. Um, area code 843. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Robert, I'm just listening. This is Monique. Okay, Monique, you listen, girl. <laughs> oh, Monique was oh, on last Monique. week. <laughs> She's a hoot. You guys can give us a hey, call. So, oh, oh, Mike, Michael, you're you're already in the um in the chat room, but I was gonna say that um Pink Pirate says I want to call, but I'm way too nervous. Thanks for oh, being you, Michael. Just get over it. Smooches <laughs> from Ashley in Renton. Renton, really? Yeah, we actually. Ashley, you don't Ashley, work for Boeing. No, she doesn't. 
I, I okay. actually I've talked with Ashley. We actually um, we actually met um, through um, the Pop I Am chat room one night. We awesome. found out we lived. Is she hot? Um, <laughs> well, we've not met in person, so I don't know. She's a pink hot pirate. She's hey, a pink. So, yeah, so Ashley, pink are you pirate. are you hot? Ashley, <laughs> just come on. Are are you hot? Let let's let's talk about this pink pirate. She says, yeah, she is. Of course oh, she is. Awesome. <laughs> are you blonde? Maybe she's blonde. Do you think she's a real blonde? Oh my god! Look, I'll I, give you I her information. Love, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm going totally down this like totally bad path. But let's go. Let's go there. Ashley, are you blonde? Are you a real blonde? <laughs> She's or not are blonde. You a box blonde. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly! Anyway, Michael. Yes. Back to you. <laughs> we bring it on back. We bring it on back. Right. Well, so, actually, I have a caller here, so let me bring them on now. Oh, oh okay. Bring them on. Area code two five three. Welcome to the show. You're on. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, uh, my name is Tamara, and I am. <laughs> Um, is this my camera? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Oh, I'm I'm living with your mom. Tamara is actually my soon-to-be sister-in-law someday. <laughs> wow. Hi, yeah. Tamara. Hi. Hi. Um. So yeah. Um. I'm. Um. Let's see. I'm listening to it with his mom, and we're both uh, just hanging out, listening, and Kyle's listening downstairs. So your brother's listening too. Your other brother. <laughs> so, oh wow, it's my whole family affair. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that was oh Kyle. no, who is that? That's my brother. Um, your mom was your mom was nervous <laughs> to uh, talk to you, and right now I'm faking talking to you, knowing that other people are listening. But um, I just wanted to say I'm proud of you, and that I'm glad you did this, and I'm sure you helped a lot of people, and and I care about you, and. So does Jeremy. Jeremy's at work, so he can't say anything. And your mom loves you, and Kyle loves you. So, oh, well, and we want to come visit you soon. So, well, just you better. Know. <laughs> We're over in Spokane area. Oh, that was yes. so sweet. Yeah, this is pretty much my. That's not like pretty much. She just named everybody pretty much in my family. So. <laughs> <laughs> That made me all warm inside, kind of like peeing and like. Oh my God! What's <laughs> wrong with Jeremy you know, tonight? It makes you uh, feel Michael. Like warm, and then nobody can see it, but you know you feel it. It's it's that kind of feeling. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for calling. Well, that's in. good. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tara. Oh, <laughs> Jeremy, I don't know what is wrong with you tonight. I- First, let's apologize to Mike's mom since she's listening to the show. And in case she heard any bad or foul language. That wasn't um, bad or foul no, language. Previously before. It was just before. a feeling. You know how when you, like, when you pee in dark pants, nobody can see it, but you know it's there. It's all warm. Oh, my Lord. You know, um, we have one more caller. Let know. me bring them on. Anyway. Area code 425. Welcome to the show. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Ashley from Renton. Hi, Ashley. Oh, Ashley. Hi. Hot Ashley. Hi, hot Ashley. I figured I'd, I'd call so that Jeremy could make fun of me and I'm here. So. <laughs> I am not going to make fun of you, but you sound hot. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome, I, pink I've, pirate. I've never peed my pants, so I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> Oh my lord! Yeah, I was. I, I'm I planning the fifth on that one. So. <laughs> so do, you, do you have a question or a comment for Michael? Um, I just wanted to thank him for everything he does for the community, and I think it's it's really important to have somebody there, especially for people that are newly diagnosed. So, I just had a comment. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for calling, Ashley. Now I have a voice to put with the image I have in my head. <laughs> you know what doing my Facebook? I have lots of pictures. <laughs> I, I am go, I'm totally going to your Facebook. What? What? Uh, so email me your Facebook thingy so I can okay, get you. Okay, I'm and a I can friend, friend of both you. Michael, Michael and Roberts, too. So. Okay. And you haven't friended me yet? I'm so insulted. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Jeremy's wow. on fire tonight. I, 
Wow, I, I don't know how to feel about this. It's like Facebook <laughs> etiquette. You should always, like, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Anyway, oh, my. Ashley, so, Ash, thanks go, for calling in, sweetheart. Now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Love you, Ashley. Mwah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, so, Michael, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, the process you took for starting meds. Okay. Are yeah, you on meds? Uh, I- I am on meds. Um, I actually just, <laughs> it's so funny, I just finished a blog about it. Um, and uh, I started meds because of being really sick with that age-related complex thing. Um, I ended up um, having pretty, I had a very low CD4 count. My CD4 was 219, and my viral load was 217,000. So they put me on um, uh, the, the, somebody I think um, else in the group has, has the same thing. I'm on the Truvada, Rayataz, Ritonavir mix. Um, I started that, um, and that was four years ago this month, and um, I ended up getting kind of sick from that. I ended up with immune restoration syndrome, but it was pretty awesome because it meant that I was getting better really fast. Um, My viral load went undetectable within a month, um, and my CD4 count's been going up consistently. It's never been up Further, I just actually had my newest blood work, and it's up to 439, um, which my doctor says is probably going to always be in the 450 range for me. It's just normal. Um, so, and then I ended up about about a year and a half ago, I decided, um, talking to my doctor, he thought I should try a tripla. And um, I really just didn't like, I was having some strange side effects, so I went, um, I talked to him about it, and he took me off the tripla and put me back onto the mix that I'm on now. So... I'm on three pills a day for that, um, and I'm on antidepressants as well because I think almost everybody at some point has to. So, yeah, my health. But your your counts are now good. I have a question here out of the chat room from uh, Lauren. Um, He says, uh, "Why did you choose the biohazard tattoo instead of?" uh, Hold on a second. Yeah, why did you choose the biohazard tattoo instead of just writing HIV positive or positive sign? Just wondering because. Maybe because it's not as pretty. Well, um, it was I, you know I saw it somewhere and I thought you know that's something that I really would I think would be a great symbol and it would be something that as much as I'm proud of it if I was like walking around and somebody wanted to know about it it could probably even prompt a little story. Mm-hmm. Um, that was part of it. Um, I plan on actually one of these years depends on when, because I know that my boyfriend and I have kind of talked about more tattoos. Um, I'm going to, I think, um, maybe this year on World AIDS Day, I plan on actually getting a ribbon done on my my shoulder, um, a red ribbon. So that's going to be my next one. But for me, I saw the biohazard as like a symbol of, and for me, it was an acceptance. And I saw it, and I actually think it's a really pretty symbol to to me personally. and it matched the radiation, which, you know, kind of went with the whole theme that I was going for. So it's, it's interesting that some people choose that, you know, the biohazard, and they use it as a symbol because, you know, people think of it as, like, you know, obviously poison, you know what I mean, or and stuff like that. So it's interesting that, you know, the, the people who are positive are seeing that, you know, that negative, I guess, the stigma that's attached to it and, and turning it into something that's positive, I guess, no pun intended. I, I, think that was, well, I think that was the other part of it for me was that I think it's kind of like the term positive, you know, uh, when people, it's, it was kind of, um, it's kind of also a play on the whole symbolism of it as well because when you hear somebody's HIV positive, everybody goes, oh, no, and they think of it as in a negative light when the word is positive. And right. so I wanted to take this symbol, which, kind of is seen in a negative light as well and kind of say, well, you know, it's a positive thing for me and kind of turn it around so you're not looking at it going, ooh, you're looking at it going, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. And I had had a couple friends who actually had gotten them in the last few years that I know that were in the positive community. And um, and actually two weeks before, one of my friends actually got one on his ankle that was exactly the same as mine too. And so he claims I ripped him off. But that's not the case. <laughs> Defending my decisions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm getting the biohazard on my on my forearm, actually, mm-hmm. and it's going to be kind of this like demony dark 
it's not your typical biohazard symbol. And it's going to have this demon, this half, like, um, torso <laughs> demon, like, kind of pushing out of the middle of it with a little red ribbon as a, tear co- as a teardrop on its eye. Wow. That's going to be pretty intense. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And get my whole right arm finished. Are you picking the biohazard, like, um, kind of like I mentioned before with Michael, turning that negative, you know, poisonous into something positive and, like, owning it? I'm I'm doing the biohazard because it's actually kind of cool, and I'm doing my whole lower right arm as the underworld, and the biohazard is going to be part of that. Yeah, it's – I, I'll have pictures. It's – because my whole arm is going to be like the heavens and the underworld being torn apart. It's very cool. I have some um, pictures of mine on my Facebook as well as my um, Pause I Am profile too. So if anybody hmm. wants. Okay, to. well I'm going to your um, I'm going to go to your Facebook picture, your Facebook stuff now, so I can. How um, looking at you. How um, what was going to say to you? Um, what do you do speaking at like college and stuff like that? I think I well, heard you I say have. you were going to high schools. I was going to high schools and colleges. I've spoken a few times. I've spoken, um, I actually was in a video for Dunshee House that they played at World AIDS Day. Um, I've done quite a few public things. Um, Being that I just moved to Portland, um, once I get a little more settled, because trying to get settled in the house with all the pets and all that jazz, I do plan on going down to jazz. That's cute. It's true. It's true. There's lots of jazz (laughs) going on around here. But uh, they, uh, there's a Cascade AIDS project here in Portland, and I plan on going down and seeing what I can do to help out. And I would really like to continue kind of where I started. Um, and I know that there's actually, um, I actually think my boyfriend started it. Um, there's a group called um, Pause Oregon that um, got started on Pause AM, um, mm-hmm. a little room. And people have already, there's a couple of us that want to do some more community-minded things. Cool. So it's something, I would love to do more speaking because I think, especially talking to the younger people really was good because there are people that came up to me afterwards that, I mean, the experience is so amazing. And one girl, I I just, you know, I can't forget her coming up and she said she had not spoken to her uncle in a couple of years because she was too scared to be near him because he was HIV positive. And she said she was going to call him up after school and she was crying and she's like, I just want to give you a hug. Those are the times you go, well, and it sounds so cheesy, but if I can make one person kind of have a better experience, then for me, that's what, it, that's what matters. Um, and the, the educational part of it, I think, is really important because I think the more people that understand at a younger age, the smarter they can be as they get older. So true. I, I think that's great because, you know, it's <clears> – <throat> It doesn't matter if they're HIV positive or an HIV negative. It's just a matter of, um, there goes that damn train again. Um, <laughs> I swear, Mike, uh, he sits by the window every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, my apartment, it, 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 has, it faces out back, and there's a train thingy that goes back and forth, and it's a train and then they, they're loud, and I hate them at, like, 3 in the morning. <laughs> Bolt out of bed, and I'm in, like, an ambient daze, and I've got my head wrapped on, my hair's in a curler, and it's just, it's awful. <laughs> it, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. Anyway, <clears throat> I digress, um, as I most often do on this show. Um <laughs> So, so Michael, you you you've you're, you're, you've done so much in the last five years. What are you planning on to do in the next five years? Well, I, um, one is to finish my my story because I think that there's going to be a lot in there that I can share with people. Um, and I really would like to get something going here in Portland if there's not already something that's going to be more speaker friendly. Um, I'm very, very fortunate. I have a partner who supports so much of the same things that I do, and I would just like to continue like doing what I do and taking as much time as I can to work through those things. Um, mm-hmm. And I know he he is definitely you know wanting to help out with that in those avenues as well. 
but doing more speaking things is something I'd really like to do. And I would really love to get an organization that's really working to help people um, that are newly diagnosed, um, especially with all the budget cutting and things of that sort. I'm just seeing such a need for that. And in Seattle, there was a huge need for that, um, especially the support groups. Um, I think that's a big thing, and I'd love to be able to, if they don't have it here, to be able to be a part of maybe even forming support groups and getting something more out there. Right. And continue just speaking out and being as open as I am because I think it, it does educate people and it does, um, you know, I, I hope to just keep living and doing what I'm doing now but on a bigger scale. Um, I'm really hoping that as I finish my life story eventually that um, it would be an inspiration for more people to be more educated and more aware. Uh, right. I, I, think that, I, I think it's terrific, actually. What I was going to say is we got about like five minutes. I have um, two quick questions, um, Michael, for you. One, what was you met your partner after you were diagnosed, right? Yes. Okay, so what yes. was that like? Like how did you disclose to him, like, and how was that? Were you afraid? And then just well, so I can we, get the second question out real quick um, so you can answer it afterwards is, yeah. what is it like now moving to a whole new city, being this whole new you know, positive and proud Michael, well, you know, what's that like? Because I'm sure, you know, growing up in um, Washington, you were, you know, a little bit more timid because you were coming out and experienced everything. So what's that like now moving with a new, you know, a new head on your shoulders? Well, um, um, my boyfriend and I actually met through a pause site. So, so just closing wasn't very hard. Um, and it was very, very, it was a great experience. Um, he's not been out, he's not been diagnosed as long. So, it's been a great experience. It's good to have the support with each other. Um, we have a very good and healthy relationship for the first time in my life. Um, part of moving to Portland was actually due to the fact that in the last couple of years, I have changed a lot. And um, it's, I feel like I have a renewed energy and I'm in a city that is full of life. And Seattle's changed a lot and it's just not the city it was when I moved there. And Portland is just a beautiful place to be creative and artistic and community-minded. And I'm, I'm actually very excited about it. And moving here actually has been, I'm sure people are tired who get my Twitters and my Facebook updates. But <laughs> um, life is really, I mean, I'm the best place in my life. And, um, you know, I'm very, I'm very, very thankful. And moving here, um, a lot of my boyfriend's, you know, friends are actually, most of them know, and they're very supportive, and they know about that we're both positive, and they're very accepting of it. It's really, it's been an amazing experience to just walk into a situation that I feel like I'm at home, and it's the first time I've ever felt very safe in my environment and very at home where I live, so. And that's great. So we have, we, uh, we, there's actually two questions in the chat room. And the first one is from Lauren. What is – oh, I hate it when it refreshes. Um, <laughs> what's the biggest HIV misconception that you see and you want to set straight besides that you don't get it from uh, kissing? And Joe Canadian asks, what advice would you give to those who are newly diagnosed? Go. Okay. So the first one would be, um, as far as the biggest misconception, is that um, you can take chances and have unprotected sex. And that just because you're a top or a bottom that you may necessarily get it by just being a bottom. In my case, I was topping in the situation. I hope my mom doesn't care to hear that. Um, <laughs> but, I ended up, but I ended up getting Sorry, it from being a top. So, so, I mean, that's one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, is that you can have risky behavior and, you know, it's okay. Second thing is, what advice do I give to newly diagnosed? I would say give yourself time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for this book. I've written about it so many times. But um, get the book, HIV, the first year. Um, ah, it is love full of so much insight, and it got me through the first year. And the biggest thing for me is be patient. Let yourself feel everything that you're going to feel. You're going to feel the gamut of things, and don't ever, ever – Think of yourself as being second best. Place your priorities as you. You're number one. You have to take care of yourself, and don't, don't, don't worry about the time it takes. So, All right. Well, Michael, I want to 
you so much for, for, for coming on and, and sharing your story with us here on the radio show. And, and thank you so much thank for blogging. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I just appreciate your time and everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very privileged to be part of Pause I Am, and thank you for letting me be a guest. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime. You have a great night. You too. Thanks. And remember, guys, hour. you can find us here every Sunday, right? We're jam-packed. Uh, we'll be here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Join us next week. Have Thanks, a good everybody. Night. Have a good week. Bye. Yeah, we're gone. We're totally off the air. Oh, are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope so. If not, they're repeating us. You have a good night, Jeremy. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye.